Oh, my bad. <laughs> this is the beat of the next MBK. I was just about to tell like, do you remember the We Are the World um, video? Yeah. Uh, and so, did you know that they made a new one like 10 years ago with like more, like yeah. newer? I, I didn't know that. Yeah. I just know about the one like 35 years it's ago. It's because you don't give a fuck about the world. That's, see, that's the issue. You don't care about people. You don't care about humans. <laughs> Fucking Republicans. Yes. <laughs> you are now listening to the Film Frequency Podcast, hosted by your professionally unprofessional film critics, the Film Bros. What's going on, Phil family? Welcome to another episode of The Film Frequency. I'm one of your hosts, CEO Hayes, and I'm joined by my brother, the prodigal one, the thicker of the two of us, Mr. JB's in the building. What's going on? Thick with two C's. What's going on, yeah, uh, I was about to say, you, you stole it, bro. Thick, you know what? Fuck that. Thick, yo, first of all, let me stop cursing, because I just found out on Saturday that my grandma watches this shit. So let me- I The Film Frequency? Up. Yeah, she was like, oh, I, I saw you the other day on uh, on YouTube. I'm like, uh, doing what? She's like, oh, you were talking about movies. I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, did you see all of it? She's like, oh, I saw a lot of it. Your aunt put it on for me. I'm like, oh shit. Oh, so damn. I to chill with the cursing. That is so, that's funny. God damn it. Hopefully, hopefully they don't have bad thoughts about me. They're gonna be like, don't bring that motherfucker around. Uh, that's funny. Oh, well, you black, so they hate you anyway. <laughs> Totally kidding. I don't want to be taken off air and shit. Brown versus brown crime. Is this what we're doing now, JB? That's, that's is this it, what yo. we're doing? Actually, you lighter than me. And my beard's better than yours. So I'm technically, if we were going to, if, if both of us were going to show up to, to a group of Muslims, I'd be more accepted. I'm thicker, though. That's fine. Got you. <laughs> we are here this week to review a classic that is Christmas Vacation. But before we get into that, we do have some news to talk about. JB, it seems like this is a continuing story that we have going on, right? With movie theaters possibly closing, of course, due to the pandemic, you guys all know the story by now. There's been a new stimulus package that's been announced. And while a lot of people are focused on the the stimulus checks that all of us are getting as normal Americans of $300, a bigger things come out. There's going to be $15 billion that's allotted to movie theaters, opera houses, and different stages of sorts called the Save Our Stages uh I don't know like what the exact wording of it is in there. This as, as much as we've been talking about theaters, possibly closing, possibly going away forever. This may be the shot in the arm that keeps theaters for, uh, well, more of them from closing. I still, I still think there's going to be a lot to close down, but this may be what keeps them afloat until we start getting blockbusters again next year. What do you think JB? Yeah. So, I mean, not to get too political, right. But when you just think about history, a lot of the, the industries that are suffering, whether it's, you know, automobile or whatever, what happens? They get a bailout and they get an injection of cash and things turn around, not necessarily for every company, but for, for, for a good amount of companies. And I think this $15 billion is going to help some companies. Will it save every single movie theater? No, but I guarantee you the AMCs, the Cinemarks, the big boys, mm -hmm. they're here to stay because they're going to get a large chunk of that. Um, so that's a good news for, for you know, moviegoers. And uh, also there's a little bit more to this news, which we'll get into in a second, um, that dropped. So I think this is awesome. And I, I think also the fact that they were able to even think about the movie industry is awesome as well because 
oftentimes you hear about like, um, you know, what can they do for health, the health, education? These are all very important topics uh, for energy and, and the environment, et cetera. But no one really ever talks about the entertainment industry because it's usually looked at as like a luxury, not, not a necessity. Mm-hmm. And I, while I agree with that, it is at the same time sometimes a necessity because sometimes people need that shit to stay sane. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so the th- this is the thing, right, with this passing um and this is something that i hadn't thought about before even in we it seems like we unlock a new layer of this every year so it's easy to think about the studios actors the theaters themselves and us but movie theaters are an institution in the sense that look look at the biggest movie theaters in in every one city who's listening to this there's either a mall there's several restaurants all built around the movie theater to be quickly accessed because they know a lot of people go to movies also are looking for a bite to eat before or after, right? They want to go shopping, maybe do something in, while they're waiting for their movie or whatever. So if movie theaters were to go away, yes, it would affect all of us and affect studios. But a lesser known impact that we don't probably think about is that it's going to affect restaurants. It's going to affect malls. It's going to have a trickle down effect where it may not clo- cause those things to close down entirely, but that it definitely affects the foot traffic that they get, which then affects their bottom line. So when you think about, like, because I, I know I've seen people like, well, why, why is the government bailing out Hollywood? And it's not really bailing out Hollywood. And I know the glitz and glam of Hollywood and how it's looked at, but it's not really bailing them out. It's, it's keeping an institution that really helps provide money, jobs, and everything for so many other people when you look at just the overarching thing of what theaters mean to, to, to society. So what do you think about that? No, hundred um, percent. You know, a lot of a lot of the times, people go to the movie theaters, and I'm one of them. I'll either go to a dinner either before or after. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's after, sometimes before. Like if I'm going with my wife, we'll go to. You know, she might go shopping. Like one of the, one of our favorite movie theaters is um, here in uh, in uh, Florida. is called uh, the Sawgrass Mall. It's one of the biggest malls, probably the biggest mall in Florida, and uh, it's a gigantic shopping area. So we'll go do some shopping. We'll maybe get something to eat. We'll go watch a movie. And then even afterwards, we'll stay. We'll still stay there and we'll go get uh, some dessert or something. Mm-hmm. Not only that, in my, the area of Florida that I used to live in, which is Broward County, the, the movie theater is such a huge spot for teenagers on a Friday and, or, or a Saturday. That's like the number one hangout. When I was in high school, Saturday night, because you get, you know, 15, 16 years old, there's no club really. So you're going to the movie theater, you're going to the mall during the day and then the movie theater at night. That's where all your dates are. You meet with all your friends. Mm-hmm. That, the movie theater is where it's at. So there's also that aspect that we have to think about as well. So I'm glad that they're doing this. I, I'm all for it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think, and this isn't going to save them solely. This hopefully gives them enough to where it keeps them afloat to where blockbusters start coming back. And so that's 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 the part of this that, I think is important is that it, it's going to keep them afloat. And then hopefully we start working out this thing between streaming. start working out just a way to really start generating cash back into the movie theaters um, and making that profitable again. Yeah, but that's, that's really it. Uh, do we, do we have another piece of news? I don't even remember at this point. Well, the only other thing um, that I kind of want to talk about was the thing that came out about the streaming and it couldn't be turning into a felony now if they find anybody that is illegally streaming. I do think that's also going to help movie theaters because let's face it, there's a shit ton of people that illegally stream. So 
movie theaters miss out on that on-demand videos miss out on that purchases and stuff like that so if they really do crack down on this illegal streaming thing and it's a real thing we could see we can see a change there as well now will 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 they make a dent i don't know because as far as i know about these guys on the back end that stream these guys are usually like in the middle of nowhere that have VPNs and they have like scramblers that change their IP addresses like every two seconds. So how they're going to find them, I have no idea. They, they've managed to get away with this for since I was a fucking child and you know, 25, 30 years later, it's still going on. So did you read about this story? I mean, after you brought it up, I did. Um, this, the thing is, is that it's going to be so hard to truly crack down on this because like they're usually on servers that are like, like you said, heavily encrypted or VPN that like bounce all around. You have to do some serious. I mean, it's the FBI. So if they really wanted to, depending on how much money they can put by, behind it in time, they could probably find it out. But then again, it's like to find out a specific person that's behind it could be even harder. Um, I don't know. I see. I see. Uh, we know that it's a problem. Uh, we know that it does take money out of pockets of studios and everything like this. But I don't really think that the effect of this is going to be as high on movie theaters um i I just don't i think more so this is going to affect the vod this is going to affect the netflix the disney plus stuff like that because you know once like for example like disney plus once you put something online for streaming there are high quality streams of it available in illegal services minutes later whereas with movies yeah you may be able to get a shitty ass uh, potato cam version of it after uh, a week after it comes out couple of days after it comes out but you know that's not a true replacement for the movie theaters these streaming sites once it hits that you get the same quality as you paying for it from netflix so that it hurts them a little bit more i think in that case yeah i agree 100 percent. because and you're correct on that because you know these streaming movies that come out like that are in the movie theater that stream like you said you may not get the best of quality so if you want that true cinematic quality you're going to still have to go to the movie theater but something drops on netflix or hulu or you know uh youtube tv one of these things you're gonna the day it drops give it 30 minutes you're probably gonna get a quality as as good or in some cases even better because like in japan they're always throwing out some like high quality shit that i've noticed if you ever check like different news and stuff like that so it's going to be really interesting to see where they go about it i i do think though in terms of vod and you know vod for those who don't uh, know video on demand i do think this is going to impact them because if people have no other choice but to get video on demand but to go to netflix there is no sort of illegal stream to go to they're gonna run to the netflix they're gonna run to the hulu they're gonna run to all these different sort of uh things but But yeah uh (laughs) so i mean just the effect of that remains to be seen remains to be seen how how far they're gonna crack down on it because this happened before they said they were gonna do this before and you know and for for i mean no fault to their own they basically did take down cody Cody, like, I, when's the last time you used Cody on, on, like, I, I don't think it's really usable anymore. Over a year. Yeah, and so. More than a year. But there's always something else to pop up, and that's the thing, like, as long as people want to watch it illegally, bro, I think it's going to be. They're going to find a way, bro. Yeah, they're going to find a way. They're going to find a way, always. Just like prostitution. There's always a way. Now you slide into the MPK side. <laughs> but, uh. Yeah, that's it for the news. Let's go ahead. We're going to take a break. We're going to play an old school trailer for a Christmas Vacation. We'll be right back after this. To be jolly, la 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 After vacationing across America and throughout Europe. Take it, Russ. 
This holiday season, la, 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 the Griswolds are going to play it safe. Clark, we're stuck under a truck! Oops. They're staying at home. I give you the Griswold family Christmas tree. Hope you're not getting sap all over your sweater, Clark. All Clark wants is a quiet, old-fashioned Christmas. Sorry. Oops. Got a little knot here. You can work on that. What he's going to get is the gift that keeps on living. Merry Christmas. His family. We didn't come to impose. <laughs> oh, hell, there's plenty of room. Do you sleep with your brother? Do you know how sick and twisted that is, Mom? Well, I'm sleeping with your father. Have you got a kiss for me? <laughs> eh, you better take a rain check on that, Art. He's got a lip fungus they ain't identified yet. But no holiday could ever be more deeply touching. We were gonna call, but... Eddie wanted to make it a surprise. If I woke up tomorrow with my head sewn to the carpet, I wouldn't be more surprised than I am right now. <laughs> ah, we're really gonna fly down the hill with this stuff. So genuinely moving. Can I refill your eggnog for you? Drive you out to the middle of nowhere, leave you for dead. More truly uplifting. Can I show you something? I was just blouse browsing. Or more down to earth. If Santa is smart, he'll stay well clear of this joint. It's a death trap. Bro, you got me to watch a fucking classic, right? Hold and, on. What? If I did my job. <laughs> if I did my job right, that should have been a trailer for Christmas Vacation, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, which is actually the third installment in the Vacation series. You know what, bro? It's funny. Okay. I saw I saw I'm this one. I saw this one more than any. I thought I thought this was the first one. I thought uh, like uh, what was the other one? Uh, vacation, yeah. European Vacation. I thought those I thought came this was after the second Christmas. one. Yeah, I thought those came after this. And then also Vegas vacation. So what's the actual? So I always thought that vacation obviously is the first one. I knew that mm. when they're going to Wally World. I thought this was the second one. I thought European vacation was the third one, and then Vegas vacation obviously is the last one. So it's this European vacation is the second one. Christmas vacation is the third one, and then Vegas vacation is the fourth one. And then technically vacation that came out in 2015 is the fifth. Uh, yeah, one. Yeah, I saw that. Starring Ed Helms, and yeah, that wasn't as good. But well, let me ask you off rip. What was your favorite one? I think I th so if we're going so again I haven't watched a lot of them as adults so if we're going as as a kid which is when I saw most of these um I, I I finally finally remember Vegas Vacation um that's like that's like one of my first movies I remember ever seeing Randy Quaid in like I don't know what it is yeah. for some reason um so I, I really finally I very finally remember that but again like honestly like this one I texted you I haven't seen these movies in at least 15 years bro and it's probably mm. more than that to be 100 percent honest with you and i'm only 34 it has to be i'm 34 years old so that would have put me close to basically being an adult uh if it was 15 years ago so no bro it had to be 20 21 years ago since i've seen this movie yeah i've actually seen this movie i would say in the last three years I, i've seen this but like uh, European Vacation, I haven't seen that shit in forever. And the original one I've seen, and Vegas Vacation, I've probably seen the most out of all because I had it uh, in, on DVD back in the day. But um, I, I definitely do like this one. We're going to obviously chop it up and get into it. But um, this this is definitely probably in my top – I'd have to think about it. It's definitely top three. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of European Vacation or Vacation, so definitely top three for me. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Um, this one is just – it, and, it's, and honestly, like – 
watching it's not the best movie it's not i would honestly even say and this may be fucking blasphemy like as being a actual film critic now that we do this i wouldn't even say this is necessarily a good movie just being 100 percent this movie's fucking terrible however it's still it's one of those movies that are it's so bad that it's it's good and also because of the fact of the franchise the the you know the Griswolds and the vacation mm-hmm. and also the fact that it's a Christmas movie it still works yeah I feel and like another takes terrible character. Christmas movie go ahead sorry uh, sorry another terrible Christmas movie is Jingle All the Way with Arnold Schwarzenegger but I love that movie it's horrible but I love that movie but anyway you're gonna say about Chevy Chase Chevy Chase is acting this is so over the top but he's supposed to his character is supposed to be someone who's disconnected with reality. And so that comes through, like, a lot of the things that make this movie cringe, make this movie not good, I think were purposeful. This is National Lampoon. So that just the name of that tells you, okay, we're not, we're not creating art here. We're not even necessarily creating no. comedy. We're lampooning all you motherfuckers who sit there and do, like, the, for, the, for example, the Christmas lights. If watching this doesn't make you feel like us putting so much effort into decorating our house with Christmas lights is some of the stupidest shit in the world, especially back in the day where, like, if one of the lights was out, the whole fucking thing was out. Like, that that thing was just, like, nowadays they don't make them like that, thank God, anymore. Like, but it's just it's crazy, bro. Like, it's, it's fucking idiotic. And the neighbors, if I was their fucking neighbors, I would have beat somebody's ass. I know. <laughs> the first fucking day. But go ahead, bro. Mm. So it's different when I when I watch this as an adult versus watch this as a kid. As a kid, we're gonna just use the light scene you're talking about. As a kid, I thought that was the coolest thing ever, and I was asking my parents, "Why the fuck don't we dress up our house like this with all these lights?" As an adult, you know what's the first thing that came to my mind when I was watching this today? What in the fuck does their electric bill look like? That's literally the first thing that came to my mind. Like their electric bill must be insane. So. It's, a, it's funny how when you watch movies as an adult versus as a child, how you sometimes get different reactions. Um, I'll hold steady to the fact that this movie is not that great, but for the nostalgic factor and for the time, mm-hmm. you know, again, being Christmas, it's, it still fits for me. And um, it is, a, it is a, not a great movie, but at the same time, it's a classic. I don't know if that makes sense. I'm not trying to, trying to be, um, you know, blur the lines for the film fans, but that's the best way I can describe it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, A, it's, this came out in what? Was this still the 80s when this came out? 89, I want to say. So it's the 80s for one, and then on top of that is National Lampoons. Uh, At this point, like, this franchise has just become about putting these characters in situations and letting them, let's see what the fuck happens. That's all it is. It's a series. This, the best way to describe this is this is a series of what would be SNL skits, but pieced together as a as a as a full movie and that's why some of it is so over the top like that's the best way to put it it's lampooning christmas life and is lampooning family and all all those concepts like this like for anyone who's like if you are younger and you haven't watched this and you're gonna go and try to check it out after hearing this review be prepared like this is yeah i don't even this is the american pie version of christmas movies yeah um uh you know you you bring up a, a, a good thing there i I believe, like, for example, someone like your son's age, a young teenager, I don't think they're going to like this movie. I don't think this movie ages well. Um, and, and what resonates is just too sort of old-looking. And I'll, some of the jokes are, are a little bit older that they wouldn't really make sense. But here's a, 
I want to talk about because we're kind of shitting on the movie a little bit, which is not wrong with that. But this movie actually had a pretty decent cast. I mean, you have Chevy Chase and Beverly D'Angelo, who are you know sort of in all of them. But uh, their daughter Audrey is played by Julia Lewis, who she was so young in this movie, but she went on to do a lot of um, big things. Uh, Johnny Galecki, who's one of the biggest stars on television, um, he was on Big Bang Theory, and he also played David in uh, Roseanne. Um, you know, so they had uh, Randy Quaid obviously is in this. So they had a pretty decent uh, cast. Doris Roberts, uh, for those uh, everybody loves Raymond fans, he was uh, uh, Doris Roberts was uh, Raymond's mom on this show. So I would say a pretty decent cast. I do have a trivia question for you. Okay. One I sort of one I gave away one of the answers, but there are two people in this movie that are from Roseanne. Who are the two people? You already said Johnny Galecki. Right. Was Randy Quaid wasn't in Roseanne? Do- was Doris Roberts in Roseanne? No. Those are just two people off the top of my head I could see being in Roseanne. So the oh, answer... Ju- oh. uh, Julia Dreyfus? Julia Lewis? Yeah. Oh, um, Julia Dreyfus, the neighbor? Yeah. No, she she wasn't in it. Uh, the answer is... Uh, I don't know what his name in real life is, but it's Chevy Chase's dad in the movie. He was Roseanne and Becky's dad um, on Roseanne. He was literally in like three episodes. Oh, okay. And then he died. So, um, yeah, he, he played... As soon as I saw him, I was like, oh, shit, I never put two and two together. That's uh, that's Roseanne and, uh, and Becky's... Uh, Roseanne and... Um, and uh, whatever the fuck his, uh, whatever the sister's name was, Jackie's uh, dad on Roseanne. So I thought that was interesting. But um, in terms of the movie, though, let, let you kind of want to chop it up a little bit. And I don't even know how to go about reviewing a fucking movie like this. To That's be the thing. It kind of just has to be a conversation. There's really not much to review, bro. I mean, I, I just I wouldn't even know how to start it. Like we can talk some about the story, but we don't really do story breakdowns. Um, I let mean, me tell you what I do have a problem with. Okay. Or let's, something I have a problem with. I understand why they did it, just for comedy's sake, but the whole storyline with the neighbors, literally, if they removed that whole thing out of the movie, I don't think that impacted the movie would impact the movie at all. Period. Mm. Julia, um, Julia Louis Dreyfus, I think that's her name, yeah. and whatever the hell her husband's name in the movie was, uh, th- that whole storyline I felt was there was no point in, in it. I, I know they did it because they wanted to show the the comedic sides, like them, you know, falling down, shit, breaking shit in their house, mm-hmm. and sort of that pesky neighbor thing, but. I could have done without. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, the neighbor thing, I I think it was overdone, right? I think we only really needed one or two scenes showing that they were annoying the neighbors. And then kind of what happened at the end. I think that, but to keep cutting back, what do we cut to them like four or five times throughout the movie? A lot more, probably like 10. Like that was, that was overdone. Um, and, and I get it. They wanted to show just how annoying these people are, but you could have, you could have conveyed that. But again, this goes back to show. This is a lampoon movie. It, right. It's not art. Like if somebody was actually trying to do a narrative movie, I, I like. I just don't feel. Even though this was what written by John Hughes, right? Who was one of the yeah. Which also I never knew that all time greats as far as, as writing with tone. Uncle and stuff Buck, like Home this. Alone, uh, Dennis the Menace, uh, Breakfast uh, Club. Yeah, Breakfast Club. All those Sweet types 16, of movies or Sixteen Candles. Sixteen I Candles. Say. Yeah, Ferris Bueller. All that uh, great, great with tone. This is even so far left from the his great movies like it's it's just it's not the best um and but i don't think it was meant to be so that kind of gets you some leeway there um overall i just think what this w- movie was it was made to you to sit there and say look at these idiots and i think the comedy in in the 80s was different this was probably 
and the, the Rotten Tomatoes, I know this is usually your thing, is is kind of high for what I expected it to be. What is it? I didn't even look. It's sixty nine percent. Wow, that's high. Yeah. Is that audience or you or uh, I, critic? Uh, let's see. That's sixty nine. In either way, is kind of because Rotten Tomatoes they don't fuck around on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. They're very, very, very harsh. Um, I do know on IMDb just because I happen to be on it, they rate this a seven point six. Which, if you follow IMDb, that is extremely high for IMDb. Yeah, so that's critic sixty eight percent. That's pretty good, man. That's for for t- Rotten Tomatoes, and I think that's because people were able to see in the snapshot of when this created. People probably were fucking cracking up watching this whole this whole movie. Like stuff's been elevated since then, but it's just it's a hard movie to review, as you said, bro. Because it's like I don't want to like even if if we talk even if we were to break it down story bit by story bit, it would sound incoherent because that's how the movie kind of feels, right? Right. Um, I will say also um, for the time this movie came out, December nineteen eighty nine. People were probably eating it up. I'm going to look up the box office numbers in a second, but people were probably eating it up because I can see in 1989 this sort of comedy and this sort of thing being hilarious. I, I can, I can, you know, for sure see it. So um, let me see here. I'm trying to find the budget and the the numbers. But okay, here we are. So the budget was 27 million, which is like a shit ton of money for 1989, and they ended up doing worldwide 73 million, which is pretty healthy. Exactly. So, um, especially for for back then, for a Christmas a, movie, yeah, Christmas movie. Um, yeah, I mean, in the National Lampoon's uh, franchise overall, I think is made over a billion dollars, which is just crazy. Yeah, probably. I mean, not like- National Lampoon's. I mean, specifically the Vacation series. The Vacation series um, total budgets on that from the five movies is one hundred thirteen million, um, and the total box office is actually a little under three billion. Are you serious? Yeah. So counting, one of those movies I'm, really. If I'm counting my zeros movies, right. <laughs> so what that means one of those movies really hit hard because this is only seventy three million. That's far off from a billion. Yeah. Um, With only five movies, one of those movies hit really hard, and it's probably the first one. I, I, I would. I would. Um. I so would. So the first one did a, had a budget of fifteen million. Did six point one four million dollars. That's it. Yep. So, so I'm checking Vegas Vacation right now. European Vacation did 49.3 million. Something's wrong then. Unless a vacation did some fucking crazy ass number. Well, shit. As much as people didn't like the vacation, it was made for 30 million. It did 107.2 million dollars. Wow. And gross um, uh, Vegas Vacation did uh, worldwide 36 million, almost 36 and a half million. Yeah. So. Uh, profitable franchise. I think that the, there's still a world in which this franchise could work. It would have to take a completely different tone. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know what else to say about the movie, really, bro. No, Christy Brinkley in this one. Yeah, that's odd, isn't it? They they got the other chick. I don't even know what it, whether her name is. What was she doing like, at uh, this time, Christy? Christy Brinkley? Brinkley. Yeah, I don't know, man. But I know she was around because she was in part one, and then she they brought her back. For um Christmas vacation, uh, I'm sorry for uh Vegas vacation, and I'm not sure if she was in European vacation or not. I don't remember. European vacation is the one that I've seen the least. I I wasn't really a big fan of it. European vacation, I don't remember much about European vacation. Um, again, it's been a while since I've seen all these movies. I'm getting old. Like the, something that happened 20 years ago, bro. I don't remember that shit. I know, I know. I, I'm still happy I, I picked this just for nostalgic reasons. Mm-hmm. Um. For those who don't know, my favorite movie is A Christmas Story, which is, uh, you know, Ralphie with his little red rider, uh, BB gun. That's my favorite Christmas movie of all time. But 
we kind of wanted to do something fun and uh yeah that's why i chose this one i figured i i hadn't seen it for a while and I, and you haven't seen it for a while so we we ran with it yeah definitely um but that's it you want to give this a rating bro so I'm going to do something I've never done on Film Frequency. I don't think I've ever done this. I'm actually going to give it two ratings. The first rating is going to be my me as a as a critic, something that we sort of break down and analyze. And as a critic, I'll probably give this movie a four out of ten. But for the nostalgic factor and for – and we've used this term in the past. For what it was, a 1989 movie, Christmas, a lampooning movie – I'd give this one a seven out of ten. Now let me change that six and a half out of ten. Okay, all right. Uh, for me, I give it, I give it a solid six. Solid That's fair. Six. Solid six. Now it's probably one of the worst sixes I've ever given, but it's right. still it's still a solid six for me. It's it's it was it was nostalgia, bro. And like I texted you when I was watching this, I'm like, I I, I forgot how much I love this movie. Like brought back memories, just right? Because it's not good, but I still love it. No. It's it's it's. No. To go back to the analogy I used last week, it's that pizza thing again. It's yeah. it's pizza. Um, but yeah, that's, I, that's it. I love those movies that just bring back nostalgia and it makes you remember a time of when you were younger and sort of, you know. So for that alone, it earns a six. So I agree with you. Before you got your cherry pop? Uh, yes. There you go. There you go. I have to think about that for a second. <laughs> you know, coincidentally, I don't know if I should say this. No, let me not say that. Never mind. Uh-oh. No, go ahead and say it. Now you have to say it. You know the rules. jeez. Oh, no, I can't. I can't. You have I can to tell say you it. off here. But I can't. I really can't. I could get in so much trouble. Who are you going to get in gra- trouble with, bro? From my grandma, if my grandma's watching this. I'll cut it out the video then. But she's not going to listen my, to the podcast. I lost my virginity in my grandma's house. <laughs> I'm keeping it in We'll now. save that for MBK. <laughs> yeah. All right. But that's it. This has been another episode of the Film Frequency. JB, go ahead and give me your social media. I can be reached on Twitter at the P1JB. That's at T-H-E-P-1JB. Sorry, Grandma. <laughs> you can follow me at CEO Hayes. at C-E-O-H-A-I-Z-E. We can be followed collectively at the Film Rose Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns. The Film Frequency Pod at gmail.com. We are the number one film podcast in the world. We out this bitch. Peace. Peace. It's that time. Christmas time is here. Everybody knows there's not a better time of year Hear that sleigh, Santa's on his way He'll kill parade for Christmas vacation Got a ton of stuff to celebrate Now it's getting closer, I can't wait Wait and see this Christmas vacation This old house Sure is looking good Got ourselves the finest snowman in the neighborhood Ain't it